Welcome back to He's a Giant, the pod about all things college football, all things Giants football. I'm your co-host, Sal, here with my buddy, Monty. What's going on, man? What's going on, dude? Um, we hired a special teams coordinator. Yes, we did. It's an exciting time to be a Giants fan. <laughs> Michael news. Gobriel. Big news. <laughs> this is all we got. Michael Gobriel. Um, the best part of this news. So this guy just quickly was a he was an assistant special teams coach for the Jets. Um, came out of UCLA. Um, the most exciting thing to me is that he is, his name sounds like it's of Egyptian heritage. So to me, I, I smell two comp picks in two years when he's named head coach <laughs> of some team. So when he's named head coach Next of Harbaugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> like this, when he takes over for John Harbaugh, when John Harbaugh retires in yeah. two years, this guy's going to be amazing. He's going to get his two comp picks, but that's, uh, and we got, we got our guys, uh, Mike Kafka, uh, doing his second round of interviews in Seattle. Uh, Puerto Rican legend, Mike Kafka, that is. Uh, hey. <laughs> shout out. Shout out is Puerto Rican heritage. <laughs> That's two more comp picks, baby. <laughs> get, get, the, get that job, Mike. Good luck. Um, and, and Brendan Brown, probably the most promising of our candidates to potentially get a job in his second round of interviews that have been completed with the LA Chargers to work alongside Jim Harbaugh. And apparently he's down to like the finalists. I think they're down to basically two guys at this point. It's, it's it sounds like it's Brendan Brown and Joel Hortiz. Oh, I guess um, I guess Ed Dodds is the other one, right? It's a three. Was he? I don't know. I I feel like I heard him one, but I haven't heard about if Ed Dodds got a second interview or not. I think he might have, but it does sound like it's down to at least those two. Um, so Brown's definitely got a legit shot to win his first head coaching gig, and I'm definitely rooting for that guy. Like I am absolutely rooting for him. Not It'd just be a for the topics. landing spot for him. It's a great spot. Um, of course, we would get context for him, which would be great, yep. uh, including a third this year. Um, but no, I, I mean, I hope, I think for a young guy who's inexperienced, going to get your first job working alongside a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who's been around the block, who understands what he's looking for in personnel. And it's, it's a nice, it's sort of like a nice umbrella to be part of, you know? And um, having your quarterback already figured out. So that's some job security right there. Having a top quarterback in the NFL, one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, like already locked into your organization, and all you got to do is build around him. That's a, that's a sweet kind of gig. Yeah, it's not sending him to like Carolina to die for a couple third round picks. We're we're sending we're sending him off to LA to to, to thrive. That's right. Um, of course, their organization is kind of in hell right now. They have to reload. They're gonna have to spend a year just cleaning house. But I think that's kind of understood over there. So yeah, good luck, Brandon Brown. Good luck, Mike Kafka. Seriously, I hope you guys both get the job. Um, hate to lose you guys, um, but I'd rather lose you guys and get some comp picks if I'm going to do that. And just so, fire you down the road. Yeah, or just have you leave us for a lateral job, Mike Kafka, <laughs> which I think was a very real possibility. We'll see more on that. Um, but today is our fourth and final installment of our Senior Bowl preview. So we got through it, man. Um, this is it. This is... I know this is not the most thrilling uh, set of pods for our loyal listeners, but you know, Senior Bowl is right around the corner. It's about a week away. We wanted to get views plummeted a little bit. Our views plummeted. I don't blame people. I think they're a little worn out. That's okay. Yeah. That's what we do here. We we plow through this for you guys, so you can listen to it whenever you want. But uh, as just as a recap, we have already done thirty player reviews, uh, twenty on defense, ten on offense. We're going to finish off with ten offensive player reviews today. Um, get through 10 guys we thought were interesting to discuss at a, at a pretty solid senior bowl class. 
Um, and then hopefully you guys have a framework of some understanding of these players, a little bit of introduction as you go into the senior bowl stuff. And if you have more, you know, a little bit more insight into it, it might make for better discussions when we all talk about it afterwards. But uh, that's kind of the intro here. Do you have any other thoughts before we get get started here? No, man, let's get into it. Um, we're bound right. we're bound to draft one of these guys. So let's let's get down to our last 10. Hopefully get we'll, one of these 40. We'll get somebody. All right. Let's start with our <laughs> first our first review. And we're going directly to the quarterbacks, and it's quarterback Bo Nix from Oregon. 6'2", 217 pounds, fifth-year senior, four-star recruit. This year he had a 77.4% completion percentage, 4,508 passing yards, 45 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. He was a 2018 Elite 11 finalist in high school. He was originally at Auburn, for those who remember. He was a transfer to Oregon the last two years at Oregon and has done an amazing job resurrecting his career. We did review him obviously in one of our quarterback episodes, but Monty, to give us give our give our viewers a little bit of information about Bo Nix. Yeah, man, Bo Nix. Uh, if you don't know who Bo Nix is, you you don't watch college football because I mean, this man has the most starts in <laughs> college football history. He's been around for a fucking minute, guys. I mean, uh, he's been started a lot of games, but not always a bad thing. I mean, I think. Uh, Sometimes people end up looking that as a negative thing. But to me, I think Bo Nix has really grown as a football player since his time at Auburn now in Oregon. And he's since then he's 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 to me as NFL ready as it, it gets. He he is polished. Um you know, we have our questions about him. If you listen to our us talk about him anywhere from our quarterback review to other times. We definitely have our questions about Bo Nix, but I do like Bo Nix. Like, let's not get this twisted. Um, I still view him as a as at least a grade of like around one to round two. Like, he's has somewhere around around one grade for me as a quarterback. Um, and it's just you know I went back and watched him, and he he does impress me, especially between the numbers. And you know, in college football, that's pretty wide. So, um. He had really good ball placement, and I, I noticed that just in general, like placing the ball to set up to keep guys on the run, but also just like shield the ball away from defenders. Uh, he's he's a, you know, he's a really good processor uh, post-snap to see that type of stuff, but also pre-snap. I thought he was a really good knowledge pre-snap. Uh, you can see him making adjustments. You can see him knowing exactly where to go with the ball before he even snaps the football. I mean, that's kind of the quick hitting offense he plays in. Um, I, I thought he was a guy who played really well, like on the move. That's kind of what that offense asked him to do. He would kind of take the ball. He'd run a bootleg. He'd run around the pocket a little bit. And he has a lot of athleticism. You can see him throw from different arm angles. You can see him, uh, you know, make throws on the run, avoid tackles. It he's he's impressive in that sense. He can uh, layer the ball well. He um, he can fit into tight windows, kind of within right in front of him, like in like a short area. He has pretty good zip and can fit it in there. Um, I thought his arm was, you know good enough i i didn't think it was spectacular and that's kind of my worry about him um outside of you know just kind of these offensive concerns about like where they didn't ask him to do too much because that's the oregon offense and if you 
enter like a Brian Dable offense where they really open up how he would look. But um, no, I don't think he's going to be a guy that you ask to stand in the pocket and deliver it all over the field. But, um, you know, when a more of a quick hitter offense working between the numbers, I think he's really good at that type of stuff. And I do think he can throw outside the numbers. The ball just tends to die a little bit on him. Um, and I talked a good bit, um, but why don't you add a little bit to that, Sal? What else you, your kind of thoughts? I think you nailed most of it. Like you, I went back and looked at the film again. And, you know, just with an open mind about, okay, what did I miss here the first time? Because I remember thinking he was good, but I wasn't overly thrilled watching him the first time. Um, and I will say that I think sometimes we focus on what these kids don't do well too much, and we don't talk enough about what they do well. Yeah. And I went into it with that mindset this time, right? What Bonix does really well, as you mentioned, is I think he's probably the best processor of the class in terms of recognizing defenses, both pre and post snap. And I think he's a very quick processor. I think he sees the field. Uh, as safeties and DBs shift, I think he, he he diagnoses that pretty quickly on the field and makes good decisions. He's a very good decision maker on the field. Like he doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and that that shows up in the stats. I think he was number one or or something like that in in college football this year in terms of turnover worthy plays as a quarterback. Yes, he was. Yes, one percent. Right, and and I think that shows up on film. Like he rarely makes mistakes. He doesn't throw picks. He doesn't he doesn't put the ball in harm's way very often. And I think that's that's an important trait, right? So he does that really well. I think he diagnoses plays really quickly, and he slices and dices over the middle, short and intermediate range. Outstanding, really outstanding stuff, right? He and he has zip on his fastball in that range. Like he's in that exactly like from behind behind the line of scrimmage. So I'd say about maybe ten to fifteen yards out, he's got zip. You know, as and long he can, as he like can, inside the numbers, inside the numbers, in the middle of the field, like. Up to about 15 yards, he's he's throwing darts and he's beating mm-hmm. like tight coverage. Where his game and he has and and for for deep ball accuracy, he's actually pretty good. It's it's good touch passes. He he yeah. puts the ball on back shoulders very nicely. I think he does some of those things very well. The criticism, as you mentioned, is I think you know when he has to stand in the pocket and try to beat you outside the numbers, and the defense is taking away the middle of the field and they're kind of forcing him to go on the outside. He can get the ball there, but it definitely dies. Like there's there's mm-hmm. a little bit of, of arm strength issue there that I think shows up on film. I know some people rave about his arm strength, but I to me, I when I look at arm strength, I'm looking at those kinds of throws, and those balls just seem to sail a little bit, and they don't really they die, and I'm not terribly thrilled with that. Now, is that a huge issue? I don't know. So where does he fit? What does he do well? In my opinion, West Coast offense, Shanahan tree, McVay tree kind of offense. We were talking about this before we came on. Um, an interesting landing spot for him. So I think he's a winner. I think he's a he's a day one starter. I think he fits in an offense that, that works like that. Raheem Morris was just hired as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, not Bill Belichick. Raheem Morris was coming from that Shanahan tree, McVay tree. He worked with Liam Cohen um, on the on the Rams staff last year in 2022. Liam Cohen was their offensive coordinator before he went back to Kentucky to be their OC. Um, and he was the OC there a couple of years ago in Kentucky with that Will Levis offense with Wondell Robinson that was really dynamic. Um, if you know, if whether it's Liam Cohen tapped to be the OC or somebody else from the that McVay tree, I can on a team that's ready to win and the Atlanta Falcons drafting eighth overall. It seems rich for Bo Nix, but I've been hearing Jeremiah talk about it. 
I can 100% see Bo Nix going in that territory to the Atlanta Falcons. That that makes sense to me. Lance Thurline gave him a higher grade than he gave C.J. Stroud last year. So there's that. I mean, we can have our criticism of things he can't do, but what he can do very well fits in yeah. certain teams and certain schemes really well. Yes. So if I had to predict a team that would be really interested in him right now, it might be with the hiring of Raheem Morris. It might actually be the Atlanta Falcons because they need a either a veteran quarterback or they need a quarterback who can win now coming out of the draft. And I think Bonix fits that very nicely, especially if they're running like a McVay style system, which they sounds like they will be. So interesting. Um, on the Giants, like you said, I just have limit. I have concerns about him fitting in in a, in a more vertical offense, and I'll I'll just leave it at that. I think that I think he can, you have to design an offense around him that's short game oriented. I think he can be great in that. If you're asking him to stretch the field, if you're asking him to utilize a guy like Jalen Hyatt, maybe not the best way to do it. So yeah, that's what I, I got on Bonex. Yeah, yeah, and I I thought you put that really well. Where you know I I definitely wanted to last time like looking like what guys look different and like, I don't think the ball looks different coming off of Bo Nix's hands. Like it does like uh-huh. a JJ McCarthy. That's excited me a little more about a guy like JJ McCarthy. The ball pops off his hands. I thought the ball looks fine coming off his hands, especially in that, that short area, but it just doesn't have that same like pop. But like he, what he does do though, is like these way he can like, move and you know throw off platform and throw from different arm angles i think is really impressive um and that's definitely something i i didn't like appreciate as much because i kind of looked at his limitations but within what he does do he does that very well um you know he's a former baseball player and that i think shows to me i think he probably was a shortstop um and because he plays like what when when he's uh when he's out there trying to make these throws. So, uh, yeah, man, I like, Bo. I like Bonex. You know, if we came back and took him at the end of the first round, second round. I, I wouldn't hate it. I, I don't love it because I don't think he run. You, you can run what Brian Dable wants to do, but if they're willing to change up the offense to fit their quarterback, then I, I think he's a good player. I agree. Um, one last Why thing I just we... want to okay. touch, yeah. touch on before we do is just throw a couple stats there. We, you know, he had a 92.7 passing grade, 95.5 deep grade, 91.2 under pressure. Didn't see a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. One of the best offensive lines in the country, but still noteworthy. 85.4 completion percentage, first in adjusted completion percentage, first in the country. Very, very impressive number. Um, but only a 4.1% big time throw rate, which we've talked about before isn't a perfect number uh stats hard to describe but basically think of it like you know at sunday throws and so he does not make a lot of those at a high percentage in college um he was first in screen yards again that offense 745 yards number one in the country um and average time to throw 2.44 seconds so he got that ball out quickly almost 14th in the country so just some stats there but uh uh, also, one thing I want to throw out to his credit, you know, shout out Bo Nix. Uh, it's not as popular anymore. He went and played in his bowl game when he really didn't need to against Liberty. I don't think anybody expected him to play in that game, and he did. Um, you know, that's something that I don't fault anybody for not playing in their bowl game, but I definitely give him credit for going out and playing with his team one last time. So shout out Bo Nix. All right, let's go to the next guy, man. 
All right, we're going to talk about your guy here, so I'll I'll lead it into it. All right, Michael Penix out of Washington, 6'3", 213 pounds. He was a three-star recruit. He's a six-year player. He transferred from Indiana. He had a 65.4 completion percentage, 4,903 yards, 36 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Um, He played baseball and ran track in high school. Um, Prior to his injury in 2021, he led the Big Ten in passing yards and touchdowns, so he did have some success at at, uh, Indiana despite the injuries. Um, But, yeah, he ended up deciding to play in the Senior Bowl, which surprised me a little bit with, you know, he was getting beat up there a little bit in that championship game, and that being so recent, I I really didn't expect this, but I'm happy we get him here. It's going to be fun to watch, so tell us a little bit more about, about your guy. Michael Penix. I love Michael Penix Jr. You guys all know that by now. Um, he's a special, special thrower of the football. And that's how I would describe me. He has, so I think very different than Bo Nix, this guy has an absolute cannon of an arm and he can throw this ball. He can put that ball anywhere on the field that he wants to. And he can put it there with zip. He can put it there with touch. He can throw the ball outside the numbers. He can throw it over the middle. He can throw the deep ball. He shows advanced passing mechanics. He shows, well, maybe not mechanics, but advanced passing ability with his arm strength and his arm talent. Um, he can really spin it. Um, you've seen the guy challenge challenge DBs all over the field. He reads leverage very well when you watch him. He seems to, he goes through his progressions, much like Bonix, he does go through his progressions, and he tends to have a very good feel for where leverage is going to be favorable, and he leads his receivers into those into those places. And you see him make throws as before they develop. It's something I look for in these quarterbacks. Like, can they see that play develop before, like, the guy goes into the break, before it becomes obvious? He does a lot of that. He does manipulate safeties with his eyes, something I mentioned during our quarterback episode, which I'm really impressed by. Track, you know, tracks the safety that's watching him, and he holds them, holds them to the last second, and then he throws to a side where they're where he's kind of manipulated them out of, and he gets his he creates openings for his receivers. So he's really he's really outstanding that way. Where he struggles, um, I think we've talked about this that he has good, not necessarily elite accuracy. You know, he doesn't have like pinpoint pinhole accuracy, but he's got what we what we refer to as doorknob accuracy or or door accuracy. Um, I think that he does tend to be a little bit less athletic than some of his peers. He shows that, you know, I think injuries have played a role. Obviously he has a checkered injured injury history, which is what's holding him back. I think in the eyes of a lot of NFL evaluators, um, he's not a runner, not naturally, at least uh, he's more of a throwback pocket passer. Think like Ben Roethlisberger type guy, like he can move if he needs to, but he doesn't want to. Um, you know, I think he, he prefers to stay in the pocket. He doesn't, he's not a statue back there. He's got good footwork. He manipulates the pocket beautifully. He slides around and helps his offensive line amazingly well. He doesn't take sacks much like Bonix. He only had a 7.6% pressure to sack rate, gets the ball out quick in about 2.6 seconds. Where he's different is he, he's a more of a deep ball thrower than Nix is a short ball guy. Um, Nix was like a lot of his production came from screens, whereas Penix's production came from from vertical vertical passing game, deep yards. He was number one in the country in seventeen hundred in deep yards with seventeen hundred and eighty seven yards. Um and I think what did you say Nick's had like a four percent big time throw rate. Penix yeah. had a seven point one percent big time throw rate. That was fourteenth best in the country. So he's got he's a more of a Sunday throw guy. And his adjusted completion percentage not as high as Nick's in the eighties, but he's at seventy four percent, which is 
that's requisite. That's where you want to be, you know, in the seventies. So bottom line is I, I think he's an outstanding prospect. Um, not doesn't have the athleticism in terms of running as some of these other guys. And obviously has an injury history that's going to hold him back. But uh, for vertical passing offense, let's talk about what he does well, right? Big arm, and he's ideal for a vertical passing offense. Are we moving to a vertical passing offense with Brian Dable seemingly taking over play calling? I suspect we are, you know? I think that's what they want to do. So I think we shouldn't discount the possibility of the Giants being interested in Michael Penix Jr. for that reason. So... That's what I got on him. What other thoughts do you have on Mike? Yeah, I mean, and look, this is as a team that's rumoredly was into Hendon Hooker, who ran a kind of like a vertical style offense in college. You know, maybe there's something there to that. Um, you know, I th- I think you said it. I've said it to you before. He he's a he's a throwback. That that's truly who he is. He he reminds me of uh, a qu- a quarterbacks of uh, you know you know the two thousands. He. He's the big Ben's. He's the Eli's. He's the Phil Rivers. He's the he's the big guy who doesn't necessarily like want to run it. Uh, he can, but he manipulates the pocket very well. Um, it's not. Um, he's probably more athletic than those guys, but it doesn't even really matter because that's not what he's really interested in doing. Um, my concern is he he his his struggles as a passer come when he's moved off the spot. With the exception of that Texas game, um, Texas oh. in the playoffs was that was the not just the best game I've ever seen Michael Panix play. That was one of the best play- games I saw any quarterback play in college football this year. He was phenomenal. He was whenever you know they have a really good defensive front there at Texas. We've talked mm-hmm. about a couple of those guys for these Senior Bowls previews, and um, when he got moved off the spot, he was still putting these balls pinpoint accuracy. You know. The thing is about Michael Penix, he, he has an arm to stand in there and throw the ball anywhere he wants in the field, and he fucking knows it. He has the confidence to do it. Um, I think he would be perfect in like a Bruce Arians type offense. I also think he'd fit a, a, a Brian Dable offense as well. Brian Dable seems to be evolving where he really want likes to have the uh, mobile runner. I don't think he needs that. I think that's just where he's moved. But um, uh, I think he also fits this offense. But that. Bruce Arians grip it and rip it offense. I think he would he would fit that perfectly. Um, you know he he is somebody who I I definitely like. I I definitely shy away more than you from the guys who lack some of that mobility, which is some some of my concerns with him. But I do think he is a very good player. The only other thing I would throw it, I'd say that. You know, he does there. We've talked about this a bunch of times. There's a two side things where with the anticipatory stuff, like some of that comes where he is just holding a safe, these safeties and he knows he has the arm talent to wait. and He takes the shots, but I definitely, you know, looking a little bit more, I could see some times where on like earlier, like quicker routes, he was still later to the passes than I'd ideally want him to be. Um, you know, I think probably some of it always comes back to he has just such great arm talent that it feels like it's something he's never had to do. But when he gets to the NFL, anticipation is definitely something that he has to continue to improve. I think it's the game's just going to get faster for him. And um, I don't think that's going to be a problem for him to catch up the speed, but it's just something that he, he de- I definitely still think is a place for improvement. 
kid can fucking spin the football. Um, yeah, right. and we'll get it, we'll get into the scenarios again. Um, but I'll close it out by saying this: if the Giants are not able to find their way to get a quarterback at the top of the first round, uh, and if they don't feel comfortable taking one at six, and they decide maybe to either take a, pl- a playmaker at six or whatever, and play the board. Michael Pettis Jr. all of a sudden becomes one of the most, if not the most attractive option that they can, you know, swing back around into the first or, or the top of the second and get. So pay attention to where he goes because he may very well be in play for the Giants. Agreed. I think he he's... And look, we have uh, look, another exciting thing. I don't know if we've talked about this on here yet or not. Jay Teenery, our quarterback coach, he is the offensive coordinator for both Bo Nix and Michael Penix, See, they are both on the national team working, and he's working as their offensive coordinator. So he's going to get a hands-on work with both these quarterbacks, and it's going to be invaluable for this for this uh, evaluation. Uh, I, it's something I appreciate. All right, we spent about 20 minutes on these two, and we're going to try to speed it up with the other guys. But Those these are the quarterbacks. Are the quarterbacks. Fun but you know what? These are these guys might be giants. So it was worth talking about. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know a lot of scenarios we have to talk about. But this episode, I think it was worth discuss, renewing our interest in them. So we talk about what they do well, as opposed to just focusing on what they don't do well, right? And where their strengths are. Um, let's go to our third player. I'm going to introduce him here. Our third player is Kimani Vidal, the running back out of Troy. Uh, I believe that's where Lawrence Tynes went to school, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Another I, famous Giants right. alum. Uh, five foot eight, two hundred and fifteen yards. Three star recruit, fourth year player this year. He had sixteen hundred and sixty one rushing yards, fourteen touchdowns, five point six yards per carry. He also had another two hundred and one yards in the air, receiving and a touchdown. Monty, tell me about Kamani Vidal. Kamani Vidal, and also shout out Troy. Uh, Neil Brown, West Virginia's coach, came from Troy. There you go. <laughs> um. Did but, we have uh, another? I, I feel like we had somebody else. Was it OC? Did OC go there? I think you're right. I think OC did go there. I think you're right. OC did go. Yeah, he went to Troy. Yep. There you go. Shout out uh, OC. Yeah. I don't know how so, I forgot about OC, but that so I we're going to get a, another player from, from Troy here. And cannot, yeah, he's uh, such a giant. This guy's such a giant. Go ahead. Tell us about yeah. this, this future giant. <laughs> so I'll say I had no idea anything about this guy. I was just looking at senior bowl running backs, trying to figure out a good guy to look at. Um, he was decently high up on some big boards, not super high, but like in the, you know, hundreds of some sort. And dude, this guy is, he's a baller, man. He, he is, he has pretty solid burst, but, um, he is a tackle breaker is really the best way to describe him. He has really fucking good footwork. Um, you know, he's a patient uh, runner who kind of lets blocks develop in front of him. He has really good contact balance. Like you, I constantly see him getting knocked around and kind of just holding his feet and keeping keeping up his pace as a runner. Um, he fights for extra yards. He has a really good stiff arm. I consistently saw him use. Um, he's a good receiving threat. I mean, you mentioned he had like 200 yards receiving. He's I I saw him constantly be used in the receiving games. Um, I, I really liked him. I mean, if we look, anybody here who's watching right now and can see the PFF grades, they're, they're very impressive. 93.2 rushing grade, 91.8 gap grade, um, eight, 118.9 elusive grade. But really what I want to focus on right now, 94 missed tackles force. 
that was second in the country. This is one of my favorite stats to look at is how well that these running backs can force missed tackles. We talked about that a little bit with Taj Brooks when we were hoping he was going to declare. Um, it's re- it's something that translates really well to the NFL level. It's just guys who can force missed tackles will continue to do that. And not only that, that pairs up with yards after contact, which was tied for second in the country with 1,056. He had over 1,000 yards after contact. I mean ridiculously impressive the average 3.58 yards after contact per attempt um really good player but uh you, what else do you want to tell us about Kamani Vidal South not a ton I, I think the way I looked at him was like he he's a guy who has initial burst like he's a very good runner like I think he's he shows some patience to let his blocks develop that's what I sound like he was a, he was a good runner he'd let the blocks develop and then he would hit the holes I think something we pointed out that he does a little bit negatively is he tends to have an instinct to just kind of drift to the to the outside all the time. Like he his instinct is to take the ball and drift to the outside of the play, not necessarily just hit the hole right away. Um, part of that I thought was him watching the blocks develop, but you know he did do that. Um, now, when he starts taking off, his burst is very impressive. Like once he starts moving, like he's like a like an immediate freight train. He has a lot of immediate acceleration. And you see that in the way he handles contact. Like he he bowls into people and he knocks them over and he pushes forward for extra yards. He has very good contact balance. Um, I think if there's a negative in his game, once he gets into the open field and he starts running, his lack of like multiple gear shows up. Like he'll run and then you see everybody else catch up to him very quickly. So I don't think he has like elite runaway speed. I think he's a guy that will produce explosive plays through his burst and vision. And he'll get some yardage on the outside. He'll, you know, either on the outside or through a, a good gap run. But he's not. I don't think he's a home run hitter. I think he's just a solid runner. You know, like a, a guy who's going to get you some dirty yards. A guy who's going to get you some some explosive energy type yards. He'll, he's he's a powerful runner. He he gives you like that aggressive runner feel. But he's not a home runner hitter. He's not. He's not like you know. Not that it's a fair comparison. But 2018 Saquon Barkley when when he got room he was gone. Like nobody's catching him. This guy's going to get caught from behind. So really solid uh, player. I think, you know, d- good day to be kind of player, a very, very important type of player in your running back room by committee, if that's where we're headed. So I like yep. him a lot, man. I think he's a solid pick. I think right now PFF has him graded like, let me see, where, where do they have him on their big board? Um, it was like in the, it was in the 146. So I, I don't think he's going to rise much higher than that. I think we're looking at like a fourth, fifth round kind of grade for this guy and, that's probably where he lands. So if they want him, I think he'll be right in that territory. Yeah, maybe we'll hit on our fifth round running back this year if we take Kamani Vidal. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not giving up on Eric Gray, even though I didn't love the pick at the time. Yeah. I think he can be part of a good committee. And like you said, this guy's a good receiver. Like I was, he's a three down back. I mean, that's something I noticed. That he's, he he can be a three down back with his receiving ability. So solid player. Um, he was decent blocker else, too. Mm-hmm. I, yep, he's a good blocker. All right. Uh, let's go on to the next side. You want to introduce our first receiver of the batch? Yep. Uh, we got a couple freak list guys coming up here. And this was, uh, this was a, my guy on our wide receiver episode, which was our first ever. He's a giant episode. So shout out Malachi Corley out of uh Western Kentucky, five eleven, two hundred and twenty 220 pounds. Thick guy. Uh, he, it was a, two-star cornerback recruit he um 
was he's a fourth year player. He had 79 receptions for 984 yards and 11 touchdowns this year. He actually came in as a running back. Um, I, I, I want to give you uh, some of his freakless numbers here real quick um, before I hand it off. He hit 23 miles per hour on GPS. He reportedly ran a 4-4-3-40 this summer, 408 shuttle, 355 bench press, just very, very good athlete. Um, and all that shows up on tape. But why don't you talk to us a little bit about Malachi Corley? Corley is the guy that we called the guy who Deboed, who was more Debo than Debo was Debo uh, when we introduced him because he, he plays like Debo Samuel at South Carolina and, and in the NFL. All screens all day. Take Just get the ball in his hand and watch him bowl people over. Impossible to drag down. He's yoked up, strong as hell. And he's just he just keeps moving. Uh, he's fast, he's shifty, and he's strong as shit. You know, so he's he's an incredible athlete with the ball in his hand. Um, you know, last year he had about seventy six percent of his yards in yak, which is nuts. This year he was down a little, but he was still sixty nine percent of his yards in, in yak. He didn't drop. He didn't force as many missed tackles this year. He had he was at forty last year, fifteen this year. I think his utilization went down a little bit in that offense this year. I'm not sure why. Um, and if there's anything, again, we're focusing on the positive, but if you want to point out some of the negatives, I think his route running is still very, very, very like rudimentary and it, you know, it doesn't have a diverse route tree. He kind of rounds out his routes. He's, it's a very limited route tree screens, runs to the flat, short crossers, things like that. Like nothing more advanced than that on his, in like on a consistent basis. Um, now is that the way they just use him or is that what he can do? I don't know. But, um, as an, how do you, how do I see him? I see him as a freak athlete, powerful athlete, probably going to test very, very well. And he's going to be very impressive at the combine and people, and you know, at minimum you put him on your offense and you just get the ball to him. He's going to make things happen. He's a, he's a very, very good weapon gadget type guy at minimum. And maybe with the upside to develop into more of a route runner the way Debo Samuel did. So I think his value fell. A little bit this year with his production drop he was being mocked early early and the way too early like you know preseason type stuff i think he had grades of being like in the top 40 of the class he's now, definitely yeah. not there now we talked about him like potentially playing himself in the first round when we right did. i i personally think he's played himself into the the back end of the third round at this point or maybe even day three like i know you don't agree with that because of his athletic testing but i do there's such a it's a good class up top, so I, I don't know where how long how, where he's going, but if you get a guy like this, you're getting him because he's just a playmaker with yeah. the ball in his hands. Not much before then. So that's what I got on him. I did mention I thought he was a victim of very bad all very bad quarterback play at Western Kentucky this year. And I think that limits our evaluation somewhat. Yeah. Um I'll say, yeah, I mean as far as where he's going, uh, I could easily see him fall in the third round, but I think he'll get I think he'll get picked up quickly. We'll see. I think this is, he's a player that the NFL looks for. He's a rare, rare player. He's a true running back who plays wide receiver. He he has ridiculous comp, uh, contact balance, and he is a physical, physical runner. Like He wants to run through you, and that's where the Debo comps come from. People bring up the Debo comp a lot, and I I don't think it's fair most of the time. Like, people brought up like Kadarius Tony, and they really they just say Debo Samuel when they're talking about like, running backs who offer yak but 
what made Debo special is, I mean, where his Debo name came from. He's a fucking bully on the football field. And I mean, that's what Malachi Corley is. He's a bully. He wants to run you over. I'll say his 2022 uh, film and his high, if you look up his highlight tape, some of the most fun like tape I've watched of a player. Like he is just so much. I mean, he broke 40 tackles. 40 tackles he 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 forced uh, missed and like this year 15 it, it showed he wasn't he wasn't bad this year but he didn't look like the the player where I was like wow this is a special special football player he just um he didn't look like this is the next Debo as much like he but he looked like where you you're gonna see the comps but it looks more like of the unfair comp type level um but I. Yeah, I still think he's going to be a very good player. Um, the Senior Bowl is going to be interesting for him. We're going to see if he, he can start to show that he's more of a route runner here because we already know he offers after the catch. Like, Let's see what he can do going one-on-one with some of these defensive backs. He's definitely a guy I'm going to keep an eye on. He has the movement ability to you know really show up here. I just... They don't ask him to do it. I mean, he was number one in screen yards in the country, 330. He was number one last year, and they didn't even use him as much this year. So um, he's 2.78 yards per route run, pretty solid. Contested catch rate was only 23.5. Not good. Um, But, I mean, he's going to be a guy that you're going to. Again, we talked about it. He's a perfect Shanahan system guy. You're going to scheme him into space. You're going to ask him to break tackles, and he's going to be great at that. I'm excited to see Malachi Corley in the NFL. I think he's going to be a guy that sticks around, and a lot of teams are going to be happy to have around. Um, I would happily, if we take Malachi Corley at the top of the third round, um, I I think he's a guy you can always find a spot for on a team. He's a very, very good football player. Uh, But um, that's all I really have on him. That's it. I, I think it's a good breakdown. Right. Let's go to our next guy, our second receiver on the list. Uh, I'll introduce him. It's uh, Roman Wilson from the University of Michigan. Uh, six feet tall, 192 pounds, four-star recruit coming out of high school. He is a fourth-year player. This year he had 48 receptions for 789 yards and 12 touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns. He was a track star coming out of high school. He ran a 4.37-40 time uh, at the Nike Open in 2019. And apparently he ran a 4-3-3, 40 out of a two-point stance, which is 94th percentile. Um, he has some elite testing numbers. Is, is, as per usual, all like the Michigan guys, their three-cone numbers are insane. He broke the combine record. with six, That would be the combine record at 6.20 seconds. We talk, we've joked about how their three-cones might be a little bit closer well, than everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, three point seven. They, they can't claim to break the record every single year and then just not do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, three point seven seven second shuttle time. Ten point seven six sixty yard shuttle time. All these are like elite 99th, 96 percentile type numbers, and two point two two plyo stairs, which was the best on the team. Um, but tell us about Roman Wilson, Monty. Yeah, I mean he's a freak athlete, and regardless if they're a little bit close, he's still gonna run probably a ridiculous three cone. Probably isn't gonna break the the three cone record by like 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 three tenths of a second or something like that something insane it was way way over um but uh uh one thing else that in here i thought uh you know they did a lot of coverage on michigan 
uh, obviously going into the national championship, that was pretty cool, is that then he's from Hawaii. And because he wasn't getting noticed at his school, he decided to go to a high school on another island. And every single day, he traveled by plane to go to high school, go to football practice, and then traveled by plane back to his island. So, like, he, the commitment this guy had to make it to the NFL is ridiculous. Um, he's, he is a really, really good athlete. One of the first things that popped off the the tape to me before we even go into him as a like a receiver is, you know, with that Michigan offense, very run heavy. He is very involved in that. He's a very good run blocker for, for, uh, for a wide receiver, especially not that big of a guy. He, you know, he's kind of got that, like, you know, how good of a blocker like Sterling Shepard was for us. He's, he's, he's got some of that. Uh, he, he's going to help contribute there, which coaches are going to love. He's a really fluid athlete. Um, he had really fluid hips and he, you know, he was quick in and out of his breaks. Um, he, he had really good feet, uh, especially, you know, he would, he would, uh, line up against a D back and defensive back and he'd, he'd, he'd get a release right off the line of scrimmage on those guys because of how untalented he was with his feet. Um, he's definitely more of a slot guy, but, uh, he, he's, I think he could play some outside versatility in the NFL. Um, but yeah, why don't you tell us some of your thoughts on Roman Wilson? I don't have a ton to add. I would just say that he's, he's a useful player. He's a very good athlete. He's fast. And I think he runs good routes. I don't think there's anything spectacular about Roman Wilson, but I think he's, he's the kind of guy that will be a very productive third or fourth wide receiver in the NFL. You know, I, I can see him. I don't, I don't know if he's like a number two receiver type or number, certainly not number one in my opinion, but I think um, he's, he's just a solid player. Like you put him on your team, he can play a lot in the slot. He can run good routes. He can get you a lot of yak because he's, I think, I think he has the speed and athleticism to do that for you. Um, and, you know, run, we had talked about like, where do we project him? I think you mentioned before we started the pod, thinking of him as something like a, like a Curtis Samuel, you know, a type. And I think that's a good cop, you know, a guy who, who can run around and, and do jet sweeps and run short routes and, and be productive for your team. Less of the um, like lineup in the backfield, like Curtis Samuel has like a running back. who's not like a tackle breaker like him, but as far as like as a wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a very, that's a very good comp to consider. So useful player. Um, if you're a team looking for a wide receiver one, I don't think he's that. If you're looking out to round out your wide receiver room with complimentary players who can run good routes and come in and really, you know, stress defenses, I think he's exactly that. So um, I think he was also used in special teams, if I'm not mistaken, but um, basically a useful, good football player is how I look at him. I think a solid late day two, early day three kind of guy. Um, he might fall to day three. We'll see. I think he's probably going somewhere in the third round. He has really good hands, too. Only one drop on the entire season this year. And he made some pretty incredible catches. He had one verse, I think it was Nebraska, where he, he like went up over a guy to make a catch. Um, he was definitely the really only receiving weapon in that wide receiver room for Michigan this year. Um, like you said, he's, a, he's an interesting player where, although he's a pri- primarily a slot guy, and this kind of where we came up with the Curtis Samuel comp is that you can even mention Sterling Shepard for this, but he's a better athlete than he is, in my opinion. Is 
you know, he's a guy that might be a slot guy, but I see ultimately as he continues to improve as a route runner, I don't think he's super nuanced at this point, but he's still like, I see all the ability in the world to continue to improve there that with his size and athleticism and his route running ability, I have so you see no reason he can't also play on the outside in addition to uh, the slot. Uh, I like Roman Wilson. I really do. I, I would have no problem adding this guy's room. I think he's, uh, I think as once this uh, wide receiver depth starts to uh, dwindle down, he's definitely one of the guys that I constantly see on, you know, in these mock draft simulators, things like that, like where he's still popping for me. Cause I, I think he's, yeah, he's hanging around that third, fourth round territory. Yeah. With his athleticism, I think he can be a good player in, in the NFL. Awesome. All right. You want to jump into the next guy? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Um, this was a guy that you uh, advocated to get onto this list, and I know you're a fan of uh, Jamari Thrash out of Louisville. Uh, he's 6'1", 185 pounds, a skinnier guy. He's a th- was a three-star recruit. He's a fifth-year player. He had 63 receptions this year for 858 yards and six touchdowns. Sal, tell us about Jamari Thrash. Yeah, and I didn't pick Jamari Thrash because he had this incredibly productive year. I picked Jamari Thrash because when you watch Jamari Thrash play, I think he's a lot better than his numbers indicate. Um, and I think you agreed when you watched him. Like he he's a very very good route runner. Um, he's he's plenty fast. He runs solid routes. He gets a lot of separation. I mean, he seems like he's open a lot. Ball never comes his way. Like I don't know what's going on over there. Um, you know, I feel like there were many missed opportunities by the quarterback at Louisville. Um, I'm not sure what was going on in that offense, but. This is a guy who I felt could have been a lot more productive if the ball came his way because he was getting separation. He was running clean routes. Um, and he's pretty fast. So I think I liked a lot of, of the, the uh, route running and the physical aspects of his game. Um, he didn't have the production he could have had. Um, but I do think there are, you know, I, I, I think that there are some limitations to his game. You mentioned his skinny frame. You know, he's only 180 pounds or so at, at six foot one, six foot two. Um, and I think that will matter at the NFL level. He's not great at contested catches. He's only, he only, it was kind of a paltry number. He had a 15% contested catch rate this year, which is not great. And an 11% drop rate, which is not great. So some of those numbers argue against him being a good outside receiver. But then again, we saw Roma Dunze have numbers like that last year, and he turned it up. Not comparing him to Roma Dunze as a player, but I'm just saying players can fix those things, you know? Um, to me, it's all about, are you a good route runner? I mean, we talk about this. Like one of the traits you really want to bet on on wide receiver coming out of college is can you be a really good route runner? And if I'm sticking true to that mantra, and I am, I think Jamari Thrash is a guy I would bet on. Um, I don't think he's going to be taken early in the draft. I think he's kind of another late day two, maybe early day three kind of guy. Um, But I think he's a guy you would consider taking just because he does all the things you want a receiver to do in terms of getting separation, having good speed, um, getting in a position where the ball, if thrown his way, would you know would give a nice target for his quarterback. So that's kind of what I like about him. I think I'm projecting him more than I'm seeing. So yeah, I definitely this you know you mentioned with Corley, you could see him going day three. I'm more of a day three guy. I'm pretty solidly him with Jamar Stash, but I did like him. I agree. I think he's a good route runner. I think he's a smooth player. Um, like I said, you solid after the catch. Uh, one thing I was really good at comeback routes. I consistently, when he was running that, I saw him create a lot of separation and kind of just leave defensive backs in his dust and 
uh, were was was a big part of his game there. I saw he could go up and go get balls. Um, but you know, I I mentioned to you as a comp uh, for this. I see him similarly. I don't think I don't like him as much as I liked him this guy, but I see him similar uh, Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson was kind of a you know a taller, skinnier guy who was a really good route runner out of the University of Florida, um, and you know he and I think that's a decent comp for him. Van Jefferson went second round to be fair, like so like um, I I did like him a lot coming out, and he was a a good route runner just like Jamari Thrashes. I think he was a little bit better, um, but I, I that I see them in a similar light, um, just. Jamari Thrash is kind of a little bit worse version of it, but I still I think he's going to be a guy who you know you know we, all these guys Corley a really good athlete, um, Roman Wilson really good athlete who kind of runs a little bit better routes than Corley, and then Thrash who's not quite the athlete those guys are, but is best route runner probably out of three. It's going to be interesting seeing all these guys in one on ones here at the at the, uh, at the Senior Bowl. I agree. All right, let's go to the next guy. That concludes our receivers. So yep. we got one tight end in the group, and we chose a really, really exciting, exciting playmaking tight end. No, we didn't. Uh, we selected A.J. Barner for Michigan. <laughs> so, uh, this one is going to take three minutes, I promise you, including my introduction. Uh, six foot six, three, 251 pounds. He was a three-star recruit. He's a fourth-year player at Michigan. 22 receptions, 249 yards, one touchdown. He was a transfer from Indiana. Monty, give us the quick rundown on A.J. Barner. Really good blocker. Really good blocker. That's, um, that, he, he's a good run blocker. He's also a good pass blocker. He 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 generally helped him both. They kept him did in. You mention that he, did you mention that he can block well? I, I I don't know if I did yet, but if you guys didn't hear, he's a good blocker. Um, <laughs> you know, I would know that he's a good pass blocker. That's something that's clearly evident because they didn't let him go out and catch passes very often. They kept him in block. He was good at it. Um, look, I think a lot with tight ends in general is how they test at the combo. I don't know what kind of athlete AJ Barner is. He didn't. I, I didn't. He didn't pop off pages like a terrible athlete or like a great athlete. So, you know, if he goes to the combine and tests really well, you know, a lot of these, you know, college tight ends is projections. And if he tests well, he could really he could be like a second round pick because just he's such a good blocker. Yeah, we already know that. And be like, hey, I can use this athleticism and I can use him as a receiver. But if he doesn't test well, he could be like a seventh round pick. Like if he if he runs like a like a four eight he's gonna drop 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 so um you know I I liked him though just to say more about his blocking really good leverage blocks well on the move he consistently finished his blocks um the only thing I had with him as a like receiver is I I thought he was powerful after the catch like you he did not just get like pushed around by defensive backs or anything like that but. Uh, you have anything to add to that, Sal? He blocks really well. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, he's. I think he's like a he's a Chris Myrick prototype. You know, like I think he offers a little bit in the passing game. Like you said, he can leak out and be a checkdown option. Uh, I don't think there's much to prove that he has any route running capabilities beyond that. So, I think he's a block. He's an extra blocking tight end. Guys like this are useful. I don't want to poo poo it. Like you he's need guys block. like this on your roster. Because they're they're basically like extra offensive linemen, you know. 
who, who are eligible receivers. <laughs> that's what they are. Um, yeah. And I think that's useful. So I wouldn't take a guy like this on day two. I think that if I had, if I, my roster was more complete and I was looking for a guy like this, I might take a swing in the fifth round on a guy like this. I think that's kind of where he lands. Um, but are the Giants in the mood to take a guy like this? I doubt it. I'd be you'd surprised have to, if you drafted this guy. You'd have to really blow up like, like a guy like Hayden Hurst is kind of the guy that was really just a blocker in in college, and then you tested really well, and you went like second round. I think I think I'm maybe I'm thinking somebody else, but I think that was case with Hurst. Um, all right, but, yeah, yeah, that's all I got on him, man. Oh, uh, just you know, Mike Warner. I mean AJ Warner. Great. Let's get great into, uh some of the guys who the, are supposed to block. Yeah, let's get the guys who get paid to block. <laughs> so our first guy, you can introduce him. Yep, we got Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. He's 6'3", 320 pounds. He was a four-star center recruit. Uh, by a few different places, he was number one center recruit, number two center recruit. He was like right around there, really highly ranked as far as that goes. Um, but he actually played all over. I mean, people are watching. You can see down there at the bottom left of the screen here. Uh, he played right guard in 2022 in addition to playing left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. In 2021, he played right guard, center, left guard. They moved him all over. He's a versatile player. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about what you thought about uh, Jackson Powers Johnson stuff? I really like this kid, man. I mean, he's a center right now, and I think he's projecting to be a center at the NFL level, uh, just because of all the things you mentioned. Um, but like you said, he played—you know—he played a lot of right guard last year. Three hundred fifty snaps at right guard in twenty twenty-two. Played all over in twenty twenty-one. Um, and when you watch him on tape, I, I like the way he plays his game. He plays like a set. He plays like an athletic guard, is how I would describe it. I mean, he's. He's powerful. He's got burst. He snaps the ball, and he's looking for contact. He's he's trying to maul people. Um, he's always looking for something to do. I mean, I like. I mean, I just like the fact that he's very active back there. Um, like you said, I think you mentioned he fires right out of his stance, and he he gets his hands out there, and he lines them up nicely with his hip, and he delivers powerful punches, knocks people over. You know, um, I think he he does have a te- he he does have the ability to in zone blocking get to his man, peel off, go to the second level. He has the athleticism to do those things. And I think he does a good job with it. Um, If there's a negative on him, I think we both saw it. He tends to be very upright and he stands up straight. And I feel like at the NFL level, against some of these really, really uh, agile defensive tackles who have great leverage ability, this guy's going to get forklifted. Um, Yeah. And that's, that's my concern with this game. So I think he's going to have to play a little bit lower to the ground. Um, you know, he plays, he's only six, three, but he, like when I was watching him, I'm like, is this guy like six, six, you know, like he, he, he stands so tall back there. And I think he needs to have a little bit more bend. Um, but overall, I think he's a versatile interior offensive lineman. I think he can play him at guard and play him at center. I think he's going to go high in this class though, because of his value as a center. Yep. Yeah, man. And I, I agree. I think you could draft him and play him at other, at, uh, at guard and, He's a really good player. He, he he I thought he was good in run run protection and in uh pass protection. Uh he the only negatives I kinda of really had in him is sometimes he it almost like he was doing too much. He can kind of overset and then when like a stunt came, he was struggling to get back to kind of put a block on this guy. But I mean, the numbers speak for himself as as a pass protector. I mean, if you look at it this year, 
he had zero sacks, zero QB hits, one hurry. In 2022, he had zero sacks, one hit, one hurry. In two years, he allowed a total of three pressures, and only one of them was a QB hit in zero sacks. Um, he has a 90.6 pass blocking grade. I'll tell you, as far as like the PFF system goes, like most of these guys who are like highly graded players, like John Michael Schmitz, for example, who's a very high grade, highly graded player last year, usually because they have a really high run blocking grade. You don't see pass blocking grades like this. I think I think like uh, Olu has one, uh, but like in the 90s is unheard of. Uh, very very impressive player as a as a pass blocker. I I felt he always kept his body square to the defender. Like he was not. There was no, he wouldn't let guys kind of like take half man on him. He, he constantly kept himself square and kept himself in front of him. Uh, and he he had ridiculously grip strength, especially in run when he's run blocking and good at you know resetting his hands. His good hands all together. Uh, really like him as a player. Uh, you know you nailed a lot of it, but I'm I'm a fan of this kid. No, he's solid, man. I think he's gonna end up going. Top of the second round is my guess. I, I don't think he's going to last much longer beyond that. Like I, top, I think I think he's a top fifty pick. So a little rich for my blood for the Giants, but yeah, an interesting prospect. Nonetheless, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, the, and the reason I say that honestly is because John Michael Schmitz does not have guard versatility. Like he is a center, uh, you know. And I feel like if you're going to bring a guy whose best attribute is being a center, like that. It's. I think you can go and get a guard of a similar value as a guard for a lesser pick, is in the way I'm looking at this guy. So I think what makes him a rich pick is his, his value as a center. So I I don't think he's much of a giant. Agreed. And one thing I will say with the hit to moving him to guard is although he's a, I think he's a good enough athlete to play guard or center. I I did say that like his anchor like I thought could have been better, but it was more inadequate. I'll say it's more inadequate for a center. I don't expect centers to have like a crazy anchor, especially against these giants. They have to play at guards. I do expect you to have a little bit more of a, I don't know. I see them a little bit more as like the maulers than I do from a center. Yep. I agree. All right, let's go to the next guy. All right. Well, speaking of big maulers, go ahead. Yeah. says. Yeah, to introduce you to like a brick wall of a human being. Cooper Beebe from Kansas State, uh, six foot four, two, 335 pounds. He was a 2022 first team All American. He was a three star defensive tackle prospect coming out of high school. Um, he was a, he was kind of a multi sport athlete. He played basketball. He was he played shot put and track and field. Um, he's played snaps everywhere but center basically. Uh, but tell us about Cooper Beebe, Monty. Cooper Beebe is a he's a Giant man, he is a refrigerator. He is he is one of the biggest humans that I've seen. Like he is, he just looks large in the football field. Um, he's got what I wrote down. I went to go right back down again today. Um, but I already had it written down. Was he grown man strength? Like this, this is literally what words that pop in my head when I watch him play. He can just push people around and bully them. Uh, he finishes blocks. My issue with him though is uh. He has really slow feet. His size shows up in his athleticism. He does not look very athletic. Um, it's funny. I'm looking at his PFF grades right here. He's a 90.5 pass block grade. And I'll, 
just going on about how like impressive that was. And he got him wrong. He's a very good pass blocker. But like you could that then turn around and look at his stats. He let up one sack, zero hits, and eight hurries this year. It's a lot of hurries. And I, I saw him like he was it was always just because he um he wasn't a good enough athlete. And you know, the game I watched was him versus Texas. And we reviewed this guy during the interior offensive line episode and I don't think I had a lot of negative things to say about him then, but I think watching him go up against NFL talent this time around, like a guy like uh, Byron Murphy, who is ridiculously quick off the snap. I, I saw him consistently like have to take like and wash this guy down and washing a guy when you're playing in the middle of the line is not a great thing. He, he, you want it, he just didn't have the foot speed to stay in front of this guy. Um, and he, he, he was not fast enough off snap. He wasn't quick enough to get in front of him when he's going up against an elite, like twitchy defensive tackle. He's going to struggle, and you're going to see a lot more of those once you get to the NFL level than you saw in college. Um, so I like Cooper BB. You, you know, you'll see in like PFF mocks, he'll be available in the fourth, fifth round. You'll be like, he won't be there. He might. He might be there. He's he's not a great athlete. I said this to you before the pod. He's what I imagine Evan Neal looks like at guard. Yeah. A big, monster-sized human being, a bit of a lumbering, slow-footed athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think Evan Neal probably has a little bit better at lateral athleticism than this guy does. Yeah, I mean, I mean like Evan Neal looks slower like on the field, but he's definitely a better athlete. Right, and I'm sure maybe at guard he'll look a lot faster than he yeah. does at tackle. You know, but yeah, Cooper Beebe's just just big block of a human who's just you know doesn't move a ton. Um, I think he nailed it. I think the concern is if you're dealing with these one gappers, right? These one gappers who have like quick burst off the off the snap on, on the D line, he's actually going to struggle to catch up with them to go right past him. Um, I don't think he has the the athleticism to keep up with some of these other guys. I think he's, people are going to love him because he's going to, he's going to look like a bully mashing people into the ground. Um, but I'll be, I don't know about you, man, but I'm personally kind of over it with these type of, these type of guys. I think the NFL is a, is a more athletic person's game right now. And I'm, I'm more intrigued by, by linemen who have a lot of functional strength and leverage who have in where, you know, they have more lateral agility, mobility. Um, I will take that and a little bit of a lighter frame over these like monster human beings who can't move. Um, so that's kind of where I am with Cooper Beebe. So I, I thought I'd like him a lot more when I started watching this game. I'm like, I can just see athletic defensive linemen eating this guy's lunch in the NFL. So. Yeah. I, I saw him, you know, when we reviewed earlier in the year and I, I liked him a lot more and I did, but I, I definitely am lowering him down my board after seeing him go up against some real NFL talent. Um, He's a good player, man. I, he's a big player. He will not get bull rushed. He will move people yeah, in the run game. But you can't go through him. Um, and if he starts getting some momentum, he's gonna he's gonna create like a path of destruction. Yes, it, it's. And I think that's what people like about him. But it just, you know, I think there's more to the modern run game than just being like a big slow moving train. You yeah, know, I think I, I think you have to be a little bit more athletic. So. NFL defenses are getting too athletic for that. Yeah, it's tough. This is a guy who I can see going going high in the draft, but like 
I don't know where he fits, man. I, 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 I can actually see with our kind of prehistoric view of offensive line construction on the Giants, I can see us like wanting this guy. I just mm-hmm. don't like it's a very limited type of offensive run game design you can do with a guy like this. You know, he's not getting out in space and doing much for you. I, w- I wouldn't touch him before the third. Yeah. I, I think I'd avoid him altogether, honestly. Yeah. But. Even third feels rich, but I wouldn't touch yeah. him before the third. At least, or at least we, we, where we are. Comp picks, maybe. I would feel better about it. All right. But that's a nice segue to our final player to discuss today, Monty. Um, which you and I were pleasantly surprised to watch. So tell us about the last guy. Yep. Uh, Christian Haynes out of UConn. Shout out, shout out Connecticut. I, I texted you th- this guy just giant as soon as I started yeah. watching him. Um, I six, understood. Yep. Sit, well, all right. So 6'2", 313, 6'3", on Tinder. Um, <laughs> Two-star two <laughs> two recruit, six-year player. He was a he's a former wrestler, which which you always love to see with these offensive linemen. Um, he's a two time All American, third team, but still two time All American out of UConn. Now you don't see a lot of those. Um, tell us about Christian Haynes, dude. I love Christian Haynes, and I know you you texted me first. I hadn't had a chance to look at his film yet, but then I started watching him. And man, he's impressive. So I think we both watched the 2022 Michigan game um, yep. against a stout barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. Yeah, against a stout Michigan defensive line, and Christian Haynes was bullying these men. These were grown men. He was bullying Chris Jenkins. He was bullying Mazzy Smith. He was bullying some of the top defensive linemen in, in college football, and just making them look like they were not worthy of being on the field with him. Um, so what did I see? Exactly what I was just saying. I want to see. I saw an athletic lineman. You know, he's not humongous like the last guy, but he's plenty strong. And you see it like these wrestlers, man, they, they just, they pack a mean punch for a smaller frame sometimes. And that's what you see with Christian Haynes. This guy is right off the snap. He's explosive for a lineman. I think he's very explosive. He latches on, especially in the run game. And, like, I think you put the note in, I agree with that. He looks like he's trying to push the sled in the run game. Like, he, he latches on, and he just starts moving his legs, and his legs, are, they, they're just driving people backwards with ease. Like, with ease, he's plowing a pathway for, for the play behind him. Um, he has incredible movement skills for, for a dude his size. He really does. Like... He's always moving. He pushes guys backwards, and when he's on zone blocks, he'll he'll go to the first level, finish the combo block, go to the next level very quickly, and he will find the the, the linebacker or the safety on the second level. He'll latch on, and the shit he does to those guys is just terrifying. Like he grabs them. I saw him push somebody back like fifteen yards on one play. Like he just keeps going, and there's nothing that poor helpless person can do with it. Um, this guy can play ball, man. And you can see him like, um, I didn't see him get used a ton on pulls. Um, but I can see him being very good with his athleticism and the way he moves. I think this guy's going to be like an elite, like pulling guard, great zone blocker going to second level, just such good movement skills, strength. He never gets pushed backwards. He's always pushing forward and he has very good balance. I thought, I know you had concerns about some of his balance. I thought he was very balanced in his in his leverage, but 
that's kind of I I was really impressed by this kid. What are your other thoughts on him? Yeah, man, I I loved him. I mean, the first thing that popped off my page at the page to me, as you mentioned, is just like he, he look. He is a technician as a run blocker. He is doing exactly how you're coached to run blocker. Like he, it, it can, he can be an instructional video if you watch him play. You know, he fires out his stance, brings his hands, follows with his hips, and drives the guy exactly like every O line coach will teach you to do. Um, and because of that, he, you do not see this guy go without moving somebody in the run game. He always gets some level of movement. It's extremely impressive. Um, you you mentioned a lot of this, but he, 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 you see some issues with some guys and when they climb to the next level with either the angles they take or just like getting a hold of, you know, these more athletic guys at at the second level and he doesn't struggle with that he has strong hands takes the right angles and and works off of combo blocks and gets these guys perfectly um yeah i mentioned some i i i sit balance issues like question mark in my in my thing because i saw him kind of get knocked over a couple times i i'm not worried about it at all as a run blocker it was so rare but the game i watched from him with michigan they really didn't pass the ball I want to go back and watch more Christian Haynes and get an idea of him as a pass protector. Um, because that's where I'd worry about those issues possibly showing up. Uh, but I, I have to confirm that still. Uh, it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I saw the only other thing I saw in like pass protection, sometimes I felt like he was just kind of standing around instead of like just going pick somebody and, and you know, trying to go get work. Uh, I'm getting nitpicky with him though. Like, I really. Do like this guy could say he's a really good athlete. Um, I actually went and looked up his uh, grade because I didn't check from uh, the from the Michigan game. It checks out eighty two point nine, eighty three point two run block, eighty four point seven pass block, and this was against one of the best defensive fronts in the entire country. He said Mozzie Smith, first round pick, Chris Jenkins, future early day two pick. So like he he is a very good football player who showed up against real competition. Um, it, it, you might look, you see here 89.2 zone grade and that's what UConn does. They have like a zone blocking scheme. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what team likes him. You could easily see him fit in like a Shanahan system because of that, especially with his athleticism. Um, you know, as far as pass blocking, he allowed one sack, one hit and nine hurries this year. Um, the year before, though, he only let up, he let up no sacks, one hit, two hurries. So definitely struggled a little bit more in pass pro than he did last year. But uh, I like this kid a lot. I would love I would love to draft this guy. I would happily do it on day two. Um, if we took him with like that Seattle second round pick, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I don't even think that's too rich for him. He's mo- he's flying up my board. Like Christian Haynes a lot. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add about him? It's kind of guy I can see rising up the draft boards the way Zion Johnson did a couple of years ago. He just reminds me of that kind of prototype, you know? I think Johnson had second and third round grades coming into the senior bowl and man did his stock surge, you know? Um, because people saw the athleticism, they saw the ability. And I feel like this guy can actually do stuff like that at the senior bowl and you'll see a stock. I, I think he's going to make a push for a much higher pick after the Senior Bowl. This is a guy who's going to benefit from the Senior Bowl, in my opinion. 
yeah, if we talk about some of the linemen here that we went over about how they might get helped by the senior bowl, I think uh, I think Jackson Power, Powers Johnsons and I think Christian Hayes are two guys who can really help themselves out and show how you know technically sound they are as players and the athletes they are and, and things like that. Senior bowl, Cooper BB is a guy that I I we've seen guys like this before go to the senior bowl and you know they have they a lot struggle. of high, Yep, and then yeah. you know one on ones are tough, man. They're really tough for for um for linemen in general, but especially when you're a big, slower guy, those are those are the guys you consistently see struggle at the senior bowl when it hurts them. I think Cooper BB will be that for this team. If I'm wrong, hell, maybe maybe his stock will go up because he's got the he's got the size. If he we can show up show up at the senior bowl, it can help him. I just don't anticipate it from what I saw. What team is he on? Cooper BB? Yeah. Uh, Kansas State. No, 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 no. I mean, that's a senior. Oh, bowl. yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Because I'd be curious if he has to line up against Byron Murphy. Because I feel like Bar- Bar- Byron Murphy might be his kryptonite, you know, in a one-on-one rep. Um, but we'll see. Um, or a guy like Darius Robinson could give him a lot of trouble. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I I think that these guys will – how they perform at senior bowl for some of these guys is definitely going to, I think, determine how, how much they go up and down the board. Um, he's on the national both, team, so he will be on our team. Um, and he's going up against the American defensive line. So he will be going up against Byron Murphy and, and, and Darius Robertson. Yep, and so Fondre he's going to test. Now Robinson's more of a power rusher, but still, we saw that he he showed some lateral agility, you know, in his reps. Um, What's a guy he can handle? Sweat he can handle. Um, Byron Murphy, though, is very much like that that kind of kryptonite one gapper style guy who might give him a lot of trouble. And uh, McKinley so. Jackson he has to go against. Okay, so he's got some stout competition. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see it. So I think that kind of wraps it up. That's our 40 players from the Senior Bowl. Uh, 20 on offense, 20 on defense. That is, that's a wrap. So, man, we have done a ton of prospects. I know there was some overlap, but we did, I don't know how many we did, like 70 or so prospects leading into, you know, when we finished our quarterback edition of prospect reviews, did another 40 here for the senior bowl, albeit a lot faster and more, a more uh, of a, of like a condensed type of review um, and with some overlap, but that, that's a, I think we have enough to the, to make our top 100 board at this point. Yeah, you know, we're getting. There I think we got. Sure. Yeah, we're we're gonna get there. So um, I don't have anything else to add to, to add about the senior bowl here. It's gonna be starting next week. Um, I believe next week, right? Or yeah, next week. Uh, yeah, practice is starting. Uh, yep. So it'll be fun to watch. Um, there are other bowl games like Shrine Bowl going on, where Mike Kafka is the head coach. Um, and hula bowl. So, you know, there's other players to pay attention to, but senior bowl is obviously the, the, the granddaddy all-star game. Giants world doesn't have a ton of other news going on. We'll wait to see what happens with the coaching carousel. Um, and obviously it's draft season. This concludes our, our prospect reviews for now. We're probably going to circle back and do some more focused stuff as we get closer to the draft. Um, and we're going to have some pretty cool content. I can't believe I said that word. We're going to have some pretty cool shit <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> Uh, like we have some cool ideas in the works. Um, some let, let's just say some collaborative efforts that we're we're hoping to work on with um, with others and do some cool things leading up to the draft. 
Um, that's all I have. Um, as always, thank you for your support. Follow us. Follow me at Queens underscore guy. Follow Monty on, on X slash Twitter at Monte Cristo at M-O-N-T-E-C-R-I-5-T-O. And you can follow us at He's a Giant Pod. You can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify or Apple. Monty, you have any other closing remarks before we shut this one down? Um, real quick, did we want to try to touch on some of the offensive just guys to watch from the senior bowl list and just uh, name them real quick and not go into them? Oh, sure. Of, of course. Yeah. All right. I'll, I got I got it right here. So we'll just kind of fly through them. Um, let's see. I'll do the offensive line. We'll switch by position group. So I'll just kind of if you and I'll call anybody out if you see it, but I'll lead it for this one. Um, so ignore ignore my valediction to this episode, and we'll go through this first. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Um. So Waga, we talked about Tyler Guyton. We we talked about Graham Barton. Definitely should have talked about. Um. He's a guy that he's going to be a stud at the Senior Bowl. He's got a guy they will probably play some center. He you know. He's a typical senior senior bowl guy through and through, and he's he's going to get a lot of love. I guarantee it. Um, Trevor Keegan, he's a, he he's going to be on the uh, national team. He, he's a Michigan guy, very good guard. Um, he just missed the list. Definitely somebody I want to look more into. Um, uh, Cooper Beebe, we talked about. Uh, Cedric Van Prant was on on our interior offensive lineup, so very good center prospect. More of a pure center, but really good. Um, uh, Javion Cohen, he he's a good player. Hayes, um, you have anybody from this list that you, you that I missed? You wanted to call out? Uh, we, I don't think we talked about Jordan Morgan, did we? Jordan on Morgan, the, uh, so Jordan Morgan's a guy we reviewed in the in you know in the early part of the season with our O line review. This is the kind of guy we we should be looking for for the Giants. You know, he's a left tackle at Arizona, really outstanding uh, player, a lot of lot of balance and leverage, like a wrestler. Um, I think he has the functional athleticism to play tackle, but a lot of people project him to be able to play guard in the NFL. I think that has a lot. A lot of that has to do with wingspan. Um, but somebody to watch. I think he's going to sneak into the first round, but we'll see. I mean, I think he'd be a nice pickup for the Giants. He got he was there in the second round, and they they wanted to go that route. Um, Let's go through this uh, really quickly. Uh, Patrick Pauls, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, Pat- Patrick Pauls, the guy. He's an, he's, a, he's kind of a, a, a longer, leaner uh, offensive tackle from Houston. Um, I think he's a pure offensive tackle. Somebody we didn't show a ton of interest in, and I think he's had a solid year. So I think he's going to be kind of a second round tackle in this. Good class. pass protector. Very good pass protector. Um, going through this list. Uh, it's worth mentioning that Roger Rosengarten was on this list. He's the right tackle from Washington to play it opposite Troy Fountainow. Had a solid year in pass protection, not the best in run blocking. Um, you, if you, for those who remember the national title game, he really struggled against the Michigan edge rushers. So I think he's somebody who a lot of people thought was going to go back to school when he decided to declare for the draft. I think he's a, he's probably looking at a day three kind of you know grade right now. He's probably at the senior bowl to, to prove that he's worthy of more. So it's worth watching. He is a right tackle, though. So, you know, if you're looking for that, I think a lot of people think he can kick inside also as guard. So he kind of fits the profile we're looking at. I just don't think he was as good as some of the other guys, but maybe a good a flyer on day three. Um, one, one guy I want to shout out here, too, um, West Virginia guy, Zach Frazier. He acts from, I don't know, when in, he got injured at the end of the season in West Virginia. I don't know what he ended up getting, but. Everything I've heard was that he avoided a serious injury, 
So I don't know what his participation level is going to be at, at the senior bowl, but he's a guy who's really liked. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things from like Brugler. Um, you know, as from, I saw he's a very good player. He's a, you know, he's a state champion wrestler. Again, something you love to see. He, uh, you know, he started as actually a guard his his uh, freshman year for West Virginia. He was the first offensive line starter we've had uh, as a freshman, like 40 years or something like that. So if he's healthy, he could easily go day two. He might he might end up beating out uh, Powers Johnson for uh, center one. He's he, so uh, definitely got to watch. Absolutely. Um, getting into the quarterbacks, we've went, we went through most of them. I think it's worth mentioning Joe Milton's name. I am definitely not a big believer in Joe Milton, but I know NFL scouts will love the fact that this guy can sling it like 80 yards in the air. He'll be fun uh, to watch the senior ball. Yeah, so we'll see what he, if he can raise his stock. Not the most accurate passer. Um, going down the list, I think, in the Sam running Hartman. back room. Sam Hartman's worth mentioning, absolutely, the Notre Dame quarterback. Um, really solid. Solid game manager type you know really really smart quarterback very seasoned and i think the kind of guy who's going to have a long nfl career he's the type of guy he's the type of guy like day three people people have brock purdy on their mind when they're looking at sam hartman yeah smart good processor good decision maker nothing elite but just a good football player lots of playing experience yep absolutely he's kind of like the dtr of this class you know Mm. he's very much like that guy um, let's see, going through the running backs. Oh, let me see if anybody excites me on this list. I think we've gone through some of the guys we already like. Um, yeah, uh, Jalen Wright from Tennessee is a guy to keep an eye on. He, he, I've heard oh, that's right. about him. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, but your boy, Ben All right. Sinat. All right, tight end. Let's go. Yeah. Ben Sinat. The Giants are going to have to draft Ben Sinat. Because he's going to be the most amazing player in this draft. What a sleeper. Uh, <laughs> Benson Ott won fullback of the year award. He's a tight end. He's a very good route runner as a tight end. He was a zero-star recruit. He's a very, very good route runner. He's a good blocker. He he run, he had a pretty diverse route tree. He's a reliable pass receiver. He gets a lot of yak. Um, just a damn good player. Very much in the mold of like... Uh, I Imagine Daniel Bellinger with a more refined route running tree. You know, I think that's kind of the player he is. But... Hey man, I would not be upset with the uh, two tight end sets of of, uh, of this guy and Daniel Bellinger if we decide to move on from from Darren Waller. I think there's a lot of value in having guys like this on your roster playing that fullback slash role, uh, tight end role. Um, who else? Let's Brevin Spanford. I've heard good things mm-hmm. about out of Minnesota tight end. Um, yep. Going into the wide receivers, we went through a lot of these guys already. Who do we miss here? Um, we didn't. We, I mean, Ricky Pearsall is a guy we failed. To just miss. We were talking about just miss. Um, solid receiver from Florida was a good was a favorite target of Anthony Richardson last year. Still productive this year. I think he's somebody to watch. He might do a pretty good job. Johnny good Wilson, route runner. Good route runner. Johnny and, Wilson's the huge. Oh, go ahead. Finish. And he made that crazy catch this year. He made that like OBJ type type catch for. Oh. Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Wilson is a six foot seven monster receiver from Florida State, um, who is Darren Waller size, but it actually he has the athletic ability to stay on the outside. I think 
he's going to be a lot of teams are going to like this guy, man, just because of that unique size and frame. Like if he can run routes, he can get down the field. He's got pretty decent juice to him. Um, there's not a ton else there. Like he's not going to run away from people, but what a target at that size. If you can get the ball to him, I think he's, he's a real threat. And I think teams are going to fall in love with him. I'll be um, curious if they ask him to play any tight end at the senior bowl. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think he's a wide receiver, though. I really do. Yeah, I I'm just curious guy. if they ask him to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brendan Rice, the son of Jerry Rice, um, was uh, the, one of the lead receivers at USC with, with Caleb Williams this year. He's just a kind of a solid receiver. I, I was never wowed by him, to be honest. Um, we'll see what he does. Um, where are we now? We're down to like the last few receivers. and uh, Oh, Luke what? McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, that's one other guy I wanted to, th- to throw out there, Luke McCaffrey. Um, you know, he and the brother of Christian McCaffrey, and uh, he was actually a former quarterback. And he recently he transferred from Nebraska and went to Rice. And he's really recently switched to wide receiver, and he had a really good year this year. Um, there he and you know his father Ed McCaffrey great NFL wide receiver. Uh it'll be interesting. I think I think he's a guy who might get some love. I mean, that's an athletic family. He's got NFL bloodlines. I know the wide receiver is still somewhat of a new thing to him because he's a quarterback, but uh uh I definitely definitely interested in seeing him at the at the senior bowl and it's definitely somebody I was interested in looking at and I still will at some point. But uh, I think that's uh, it. Right? Dad was dad, dad was a giant and McCaffrey. Yeah, you know, he started his career on the Giants for one of the 49ers. No, I think that's it. That's the whole list. Um, so you know, pay attention to the game. For those who don't know, the Senior Bowl is mostly about the days leading up to the game. The game is the least interesting part of the whole week. The whole week they have different drills. They have you know one on ones. They have all sorts of testing stuff. It's a good way to get to know these players, um, and you learn a lot about them. So it's it's a for those who are getting interested in the prospect evaluation process, just you know watch every day. Come home from work and or school, whatever you guys are doing, and pay attention to the senior bowl stuff. It's really interesting. Uh, and you get to know a lot of these prospects. It'll help you get a better understanding of the draft board as it plays out. Now, do you have anything else? That that's all I have, Sal. I'm not I'm not doing that whole goodbye speech again. <laughs> we are done. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Go Giants. Go Giants.